So the blessing of the Lord shall come upon you and surprise you. Surprise you. Amen? It'll surprise you. Uh, but it should not surprise you. There are two kinds of surprises. You can either be surprised in disbelief. Oh, this happened. Or you can be surprised in faith. Oh, this happened. Wow. Uh, there's a story of the disciples in Mark chapter 6. Where Jesus just fed them with five bread and two fish. There were about 20,000 people. An estimate, approximate estimate. And Jesus fed them with five bread and two fish. He multiplied it. Crazy miracle. And as soon as that feeding stops, right, they realize that they are overflowing with abundance. There's 12 basketfuls of bread and fish that is left. So Jesus asked them, collect them. And as they are collecting, he separates themselves he separates himself from the crowd and he goes to pray. And he tells his disciples, you go ahead. Now the disciples go out in the boat and he is in the land, he's praying and he sees his disciples going. And these disciples are struggling in the boat because there's storm, there's wind and they're struggling to make it in the night. Now, Jesus walks on the water. Okay? I want you to picture this. Jesus walks on the water. And these disciples, obviously it's night time. Somebody walking on the water, just crossing their boat. It's scary. They, they get scared. They cry out. Right? Read with me. Mark chapter 6. Mark chapter 6 verse 49. But when they saw him walking on the sea, they thought it was a ghost and cried out. No wonder. They thought it was a ghost. But it was, who, who was it? It was Jesus. For they all saw him and were terrified. But immediately he spoke to them and said, Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. Verse 51. And he got into the boat with them and the wind ceased. And they were utterly astounded. So the moment Jesus got into their boat, the wind ceased. The moment Jesus walks into your life, the wind ceases. The moment, didn't take, didn't take a lot of time. He got in the boat with them and the wind ceased and they were utterly astounded. They were shocked. But look at this, verse 52. Why were they shocked? For they did not understand about the loaves, but their hearts were hardened. Now, this verse 52, it just feels it's just out of place. In the whole story, it just feels out of place. What, what does it mean? They did not understand about the loaves? What? What they did not understand about the loaves? What happened with the loaves? It's a simple story. Jesus multiplied five bread and two fish. To feed 20,000 people. What did they not understand about the loaves? And it says, but their hearts were hardened. The reason that they were utterly astounded to see Jesus walking on the sea 
was they did not understand the previous miracle and their hearts were hardened let me explain i'm usually a very serious guy usually okay uh but my life has changed once i got married to betty because she is she is more of a fun loving person and the last 6 years we have been married she loves pulling pranks on people is that who she is she loves having fun she loves pulling practical jokes on people so whenever people come i'm not surprised now because 6 years of history that i have with her i'm no longer surprised when she's pulling a prank on somebody why because i have a history with her if you're still surprised with what god can do that means you don't have a history with him you did not understand about the previous blessing you're still trying to process it and here the verse says they did not understand about the laws because their hearts were hardened in esv the word is but but i think a better translation would be rather their hearts were trans their hearts were hardened it was not just their mind that could not process it even their hearts were hardened even while the blessing was going on they could not enjoy the blessing because their hearts were hardened now why am i saying this just to confirm alan's prof- prophetic word if you are uncertain about your future is because your hearts are hardened you still yet don't know or you're still still figuring out now that includes me as well you're still trying to figure out that jesus have actually has actually stepped into our boat there needs to be no uncertainty do you know what it looks like do you know what tomorrow looks like absolutely not but you can have absolute certainty in the goodness of jesus that the moment he has stepped into your life every day gets better you can have absolute certainty you don't put faith in your faith you don't put faith in your spiritual relationship that you have with god you don't put faith in how much you're praying how much you're reading the bible you're putting faith in the goodness of jesus who has stepped into your life and if you look back if you take a moment and look back and see all that god has done in your life wasn't it marvelous but then why are we still complaining about things that we don't have you can either be grateful or you can either be complaining you cannot do both at the same time now i want to teach you to be in a place to be grateful for things that you don't have yet but you are going to have but to learn but to program yourself to be grateful for things that you don't yet have you have to start being grateful for things that you have already because if you don't posture your heart to be grateful for what you have right now you will always be complaining of what you don't have now god has given you dreams god has given you visions and you know promises and that is amazing 
But if you focus on what you still don't have, you might, your posture might be still in the mode of complaining. And if you can catch yourself doing that, that's amazing maturity. If you can even catch yourself doing that. And when you catch yourself doing that, go back into gratitude for the things that you have. Because when you start moving in gratitude, you know gratitude is like a explosive bomb. It cannot just stay within one aspect. Because when you start giving thanks for shoes, you start giving thanks for a lot of other things. It's a ripple effect. So if you can start giving thanks to God for the things that you have right now, that you can actually touch, that you can really testify of, it will overflow into giving thanks for things that you are going to receive, you yet do not have. So thanksgiving is a doorway that can lead you into an overflowing of gratitude that walks into faith. Even if you don't begin by faith, that's absolutely fine. But if you can just be grateful for what you have today, you can move into faith. Live a lifestyle of faith. Because what is faith? Faith is thanksgiving of what you don't have. Yeah? So there's a struggle that we always have. You can choose either to be grateful for what you have or you can choose to complain of what you don't have. It's a struggle. But if you can choose to be grateful of what you have, then you can move into thanksgiving for the things that you don't have yet. Amen? Sometimes, sometimes just hearing the promise itself or maybe just having the promise itself can be frustrating. Lord, I heard the Lord correctly. This is a dream that he has placed in my heart. I did not even ask for it. God placed this dream in my heart and it, is still un it, and it has still not happened yet. It can get frustrating. I did not do this. God told me that this is going to happen when it hasn't happened yet. It's 20 years. It can get really frustrating. So how do you walk the journey? Is by seeing what God has done already. If you can start being grateful for what God has done already, you can move into being grateful for what God is going to do. Amen? I'm extremely grateful for each and every one of you who is sitting here. Extremely grateful. Even while, while we were worshipping, I was just thinking about each and every one of you, your lives. Your lives are so unique. Do you know that? Your lives are so unique. This, this is a mixture of people from all different places. Oh man, what a mixed variety of culture. We might speak the same language but mean different things. You know, everybody can have a culture shock here. But I think God is doing that very intentionally, very purposely. And there's a blessing that we get to experience in each other's fellowship. I am very grateful for your, for your presence. I'm very grateful for 
your attention i'm very grateful for your participation because i know this is going to explode amen you are going to become bigger each one of you is going to become a channel of blessing for nations each one of you there's a potential there's there's a dynamite potential within each one of you to become a channel of blessing for nations in you all nations shall be blessed that's the blessing of abraham in you all nations shall be blessed in you amen amen are you guys excited okay psalm 65 verse 11 that's my i want us begin with that psalm 65 verse 11 that's the verse for our year the year of overflow yeah psalm 65 verse 11 says you have crowned this year with your goodness your your wagon tracks overflow with abundance you crowned the year with your bounty your wagon tracks overflow with abundance right uh this is a year of overflow amen and one thing that i want you to be pre- prepared about is whenever there's an overflow that means there's a giant that's right since the very beginning of this year we've been facing many giants because the destiny if the destiny is overflowing land with milk and honey that means we need to drive out the giants who are already there to possess that so in a way if you look at it from the natural was this year tough in some sense yes it was it was tough but if you see spiritually it was not tough because we saw much greater abundance of god's goodness come through yeah so if if the promise is the overflowing goodness of god i don't want you to be ignorant about the giants that you need to face amen the land that is flowing with milk and honey needs to be driven out by the giants first it needs to be driven out the giants need to be driven out so that you can possess the houses that the giants have made for you giants don't live in small houses giants live in huge houses amen so don't get afraid of the challenges that you face be it sickness be it be it relational issues be it chaos at home don't be afraid of the challenges that you face because the challenges that you face are the opportunities for you to step into overflow it's an opportunity for you but if you don't have the right understanding of god's word you might not have the strength to fight the giant yeah If you stay on God's word it is easy. If you don't stay on God's word it will be like you you trying to you trying to bring everything that is there in you your energy and you might get burnt out. So 
a burnt out person a burnt out christian this the it's a burnt out christian is a clear indication of not standing and rooted on the word okay so if you're burnt out don't condemn yourself oh i'm so burnt out i'm such a pathetic christian don't don't condemn yourself but see that as an opportunity to go back into the word and to feed yourself on god's goodness you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies you eat in the presence of your enemies when you have enemies coming against you you have to learn to eat how you fight the enemy is by feeding on god's word you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies you anoint my head with oil so after the feasting is the anointing so if you have enemies coming up your way and if you're scared and if you're worried you're anxious that's fine those feelings are fine but use that as an indicator use those feelings as as an indicator to push you towards feasting on god's word what usually happens with christians is when they feel anxious when they feel fearful they use feeling as as a dictator feelings become a dictator for their lives so feelings kind of dictate your life oh you are afraid so this is going to get worse and worse and worse oh you are getting anxious your anxiety is justified don't let your feelings dictate you let your feelings indicate you use your feelings as an indicator that this is the time this is an appropriate time for you to get back into the word and to feed god's word so that you can feast when the enemy is staring at you and then comes the anointing amen so feast on god's word when you meet your giants you will meet your giants if you are stepping into overflow so when we declare this is a year of overflow everybody wants to rejoice and be like yeah come on yes this is a year of overflow and we are thinking about great things and you should but don't be ignorant that you have to fight the giants you have to dry out the giants you know i heard the story once and it really captivated me once there was this boy and the lord told the boy you know come out of your house go to this hill and there's a huge boulder of rock and try to push it from the hill so the first day he goes he's so excited because he heard the lord and pushes the boulder and nothing happens and the lord says do it again the second day he does it again the third day he does it again now 10 days has passed and nothing has happened 10 days to persevere in that same thing that the lord has said man that's a miracle and the boulder has not even moved even a little 
And then he gets really angry. God, you told me. You told me to push this boulder. Nothing has happened. This boulder has not moved. So God asked him, what did I ask you to do? You asked me to push. Did I ask you to move the boulder? No. I asked you to push. And then God said, look at your hands. Your hands have become stronger. Look at your skin. Your skin is glowing. See, we can misunderstand what God has told us. But if we can stay on what God's word is, and we can just obey God's word, obedience, obeying God's word is success. We may not see the bigger picture as we want to see it. Like for example, right now, in the beginning of the sermon, I said, in you all nations shall be blessed. And everybody is having a picture. But you don't know what that picture clearly looks like. You'll be surprised to know. In you all nations shall be blessed. When that prophetic word comes to pass, oh, this is what you meant. Wow. I know a mentor who, who got the same prophetic word that you know you shall go out on nations and you shall be a blessing to foreigners and all of that. And he gets married to this lady in Britain. And he is in London and he is really frustrated. God, you said all of these things. In you all nations shall be blessed. You know, I'll be a blessing to foreigners. And he's complaining about it and he's looking outside his window. And he sees the French. He sees Britishers. He sees all kinds of people walking down the road. And suddenly it hits him. He's standing in his destiny but he's not able to walk into it because he's still complaining about what has not happened because he's holding on to the picture that he has from that prophetic word. Am I making sense? What am I trying to say? God, God does not tempt us. Do you understand that? How are we tempted? Yeah, we want to blame the devil for it. But how are we tempted? How does the devil tempt us? James chapter 1 says, We are tempted when we are drawn by our own lustful desires. Do you know why you're frustrated? You're frustrated because you're drawn by our own lustful desires. That has not happened yet. It's easy. It's easy to blame somebody else and say, Oh, you know, my dad, my mom that person, this person, that church. We want to quickly blame people. But if you really notice what is causing that frustration is not a prophetic word. It's not that it has not happened. It's because we are still drawn by a lustful desire. So there's a gap between what that lustful, the picture that is coming from that lustful desire and the picture that is coming from God's word. 
and we're not satisfied because we want to live in that fantasy than live in the goodness that God is calling out to us. Okay? So stay in God's goodness. Stay in the word of God. Let it change the pictures of your heart. Because it is quite possible that you received a prophetic word, but you're still holding on to some lustful desire that is actually twisting the picture of that prophetic word. Giving you a wrong interpretation and you're holding on to this and you're like, no, I'll not let go of this. But if you are willing to let go, you know, it's hard to talk to people who say, who keep constantly say, God told me this, God told me that. Now I'm more bolder, but earlier it was hard. Because yes, God would have told you that, but do you also realize that what you hear from God is, is filtered by what you think about him? So God could have said something, but you heard something else. Is that possible? Absolutely. And it has happened all the time, even in the Bible. That's why we need fellowship. We need covering over us to correct us and to guide us. I heard this from the Lord, but can you help me? Could you confirm this for me? So the reason why we are frustrated is because we are drawn by our lustful desires. And we can hear a prophetic word and attach that lustful desire onto that prophetic word. Oh, wow. Without realizing that it's actually our lustful desire. And then, when the prophetic word has all also accomplished, but because the desire is what we are holding on to, we are frustrated. Nothing wrong with the word, nothing wrong with the power of God's word that has been fulfilled. But since we are holding on to that picture of that picture of that lustful desire, we are really frustrated. Let me give you a practical example. If you can't make sense, if I'm still talking abstract. People, one of the reasons why pornography is harmful is people who are addicted to pornography, they create a fantasy image of what intimacy looks like. Having a fantasy image of that intimacy and they get married and when they don't receive that fantasy image, they are frustrated. Not that this intimacy is not good, not that in this intimacy is not beautiful, but the picture was wrong. The picture was fantasy, not real. It's the same thing that I'm talking about. When you're drawn by your lust, even a prophetic word that you received might not be able to satisfy you because your picture is wrong. You're still living in a fantasy of your lust. And you're wondering, why is this not happening? So there's, there's a need for us to renew our minds so that we can repent from these wrong pictures. We can repent 
from these wrong fantasies that has been that has been sowed into our lives through these lustful desires and that is staying on the goodness of god romans 2 verse 4 says for the goodness of god leads man to repentance for the goodness of god leads man to repentance now there's a lot of goodness of god that god has for you amen there's so much so if we can stay on the goodness of god at all times we are actually reprogramming our inner being to stay on god's word and to get the accurate picture that the word of god gives see if a person who has stayed a long time in pornography for example who's taken a lot of delight in pornography now when he when he or she encounters a real thing it might not be that pleasurable because they are living they are deceived living in fantasy so there's he needs to go through a therapy in that sense therapy of renewing their minds so that he can change his delight from this thing to this thing he can change his delight from something that is inferior to something that is superior pigs no matter how good or clean hygienic uh environment you put them in their nature is to go back into dirt and filth because that is in their nature but you see cats they will always keep licking themselves off because it is in in their nature to be clean that's why what god did was he he created you as a new creation you're no longer a pig in that sense you are a cat who recognizes that you your nature is no longer to stay in the filth but majorly because of the memory of the past events we are still not able to move on into the new nature that we have received from Christ now because it's like <laughs> hallelujah are you a new creation yes are you completely purchased by the blood of Jesus yes have you been set free from sin sickness demonic oppression everything Yes, have you been healed of all diseases? Yes, but the devil can use your past memory to make you feel as if what God's word has happened has not yet happened. That's why we need to be renewed, constantly renewed. We need to be constantly renewed from the lustful desire so that our our desires change from this inferior delight into the superior delight delight in the lord and he shall give you the desires of your heart see there is a place where you can delight in the lord and he shall give you the desires of your heart but you can be in the presence of god and still not delight you have to learn how to delight in the lord because when the desires of the lust is so strong when the desires are so strong you might be delighting here and 
even though this is great because it's so strong because you have programmed yourself to find delight here this will not find it this, you will not find this very appealing if you wait in the local muradabadi for quite long even if i give you a good chicken biryani you may not like it because your taste buds have got accustomed to this local one so until you don't enjoy the filthiness and the you know the salt that comes from the the hands you don't feel the taste why because your taste buds have got accustomed to that so there's a there's a process there's a time that it requires that you can change your taste but that you can change your delight into delighting in good things delight in good things but if you keep switching from here to here you're eating good food then eating junk food you know you know why my stomach got upset because i've been eating junk food for the last two weeks and then suddenly i switched to healthy food and my body could not my body could not accept my body was like that was great this is new what are you doing so your 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 body your even your soul and your heart takes time to adjust to things so changing your desires from the lustful desires changing your delight from these inferior things into delighting in the lord's word delighting in the lord's goodness that takes time that takes time it takes time and sometimes it takes work if you've been here for a very long time and you if you try to suddenly shift your taste buds it doesn't work so what i'm trying to say is we need to build a habit a discipline of delighting ourselves in the lord so that our entire being programs itself to stay in the delight of the lord the more we stay in god's word the more we stay in the goodness of god even if we fall here and there and we taste this we'll be like oh man why this is this is actually crap it's not worth it so stay in the goodness of god yeah so what am i saying you have stepped into a year of overflow when you step into a year of overflow you will have giants facing when you face giants don't be afraid stay in the goodness of god don't let your feelings don't let your feelings dictate your life let them become an indication that you need help you need help to stay on god's word but the thing about staying on god's word is you need to dedicate enough time and energy to stay on the word because if you don't dedicate enough time and energy to stay on the stay on god's word your default setting is to be driven by these lustful desires that were already there through your past memories so your default setting is to walk like this so you have to intentionally make a choice to stay right so you have to move from discipline into delight read with me isaiah isaiah 55 verse 11 Isaiah 55 verse 
so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. What is God saying? Every word that I released, it will accomplish its task. It will accomplish its purpose. It will not return void. So what do you need? God's word. You have to change your prayers from God change the circumstance into, you need to change your prayers into, Lord, I want the circumstance to be changed, but it's your word. So send forth your word, release your word in the circumstance so that the circumstance can be changed. Because the word of God can create, restore and destroy realities. The reality of sickness can be destroyed by the word of God. A new kidney can be created by the word of God. A lost relationship can be restored by the word of God. So you need only the word of God. So our prayers have to be changed from not just, you know, this Lord change this circumstance, that circumstances, but Lord release your word because if I can hear your word released, I know that my circumstances are changed. Okay? But for the word to be released, there's a prerequisite. What's the prerequisite for the word to be released? Read verse 1. Isaiah chapter 55 from verse 1. It says, Come everyone who thirsts. So this is not for those who are not thirsty. This is for those who are thirsty. Come everyone who thirsts. Come to the waters. And he who has no money, come buy and eat. How do you buy without money? Come everyone who is thirsty, come buy and eat. He who has no money. So how do you buy without money? Next verse. Come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread and your labor for that which does not satisfy? So God is asking something in return to release the word but it's not money. But it's something else. What is that something? Listen diligently to me. What is that he is asking you in return? To listen diligently to him. Listen diligently to me and eat what is good. Delight yourselves in rich food. Incline your ear and come to me here that your soul may live. And I will make you an everlasting covenant, my steadfast, sure love for David. So the prerequisite for God's word to be released, the prerequisite is your diligent attention. You cannot buy God's Rima word with money. You can only buy God's Rima word with diligent attention. When you incline your ear to what God is saying, God's word will be released and that word that has been released, it can create, restore and destroy realities. And that's why God's word is all that you need. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 2 and 3 says, everything is held together by the power of his word. Everything is held together by the power of his word. Your relationships, your future, your life, your marriage, your children. Everything is held together by the power of his word. 
All that you need is his word. But which word? Which word? That's why you need to pay attention. Lord, I am here to hear your word. Give me your word. Now, there are three things that can stop you from receiving God's word. Are you ready? First, pride. Second, familiarity. Oh, I know. I've been to church for 20 years. Familiarity. Third is offense. You're offended by somebody. You're offended by something. You're offended by circumstances. These three things can stop you from receiving God's word. Because these three things is what we call a hardened heart. Remember the story? The disciples could not understand the laws. Why? Because their hearts were hardened. Pride, familiarity, offense. How do you tackle these three things? Solomon says in Proverbs chapter 9, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and understanding. The fear of the Lord. What are we afraid of when we talk about the fear of the Lord? We're not afraid of judgment. That God will judge us. God will send us to hell. Not that kind of fear. But we're talking about this awesome fear that comes through honor and worship and humility. What are we fearing the Lord for? The right fear of the Lord comes from a place of honor. That he is so good. That I have no idea today what he is going to do because he's so good. A play, it comes from a very deep-rooted honor for him. And awe that you know that he is so good. That you're really afraid what might happen. You're really uncertain of his goodness. You know when I mean uncertain of his goodness is uncertain of his varying degree of his goodness. You know, today, my goodness, my entire life can change. That fear of the Lord can help us tackle pride, offense, and familiarity, which we call the harden of the heart, fear of the Lord. Fear of the Lord kind of attracts the grace of God. The only qualification that you need to receive God's grace is having no qualification. It's the fear of the Lord that gives us that understanding. Lord, I need you. I want you. I desire you. You're so good. You're more than I can think or imagine. Amen? Have you learned something? What should you pray for? Just don't pray for circumstances change. Pray for God's word to be released. Because if you can hear God's word and you confess it, circumstances will change. They have to change. God's word will change circumstances. Amen.